Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bitter Rivals podcast, uh, powered by the game Entertainment and Media and aired on all TGEM platforms, Spotify, Apple Music. Uh, I am Avery. This is Gatano. And today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, he is known as the Supreme Overlord and founder of Untapped North, Andrew Stewart. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure. You guys, uh, you guys have been, you know, your long time running podcast now. So I was glad I was finally able to catch on uh, and get on and, and let's, uh, let's have a good show. Yeah, very excited. Very excited. We got uh, so we got a lot to talk about, given given the fact that it wasn't a very eventful week. We still we've, we've come up with some topics for you. So you're going to get some you're going to get some hard hitting action here. Uh, as always, we'll start at Leafs Habs and then we'll get into some other stuff from around the league. Obviously, it was the All-Star break. Uh, the trade deadline is looming, so we got lots and lots to talk about. Uh, Leafs, like I said, since, since the last time we've we've talked, uh, they've only played the one game. It was against the Boston Bruins and they lost and it was a measuring stick game. And we know where we're at. Boston's a better team than we are. Boston's a better team than everybody in the NHL, though. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they're just... They, even though they've lost a couple games, like as of late, they're just still so dominant, and they do everything right. They do everything well, and they do it. It's just it's amazing to see them play. Uh, the deserve to win a meter actually had the Leafs winning that game. I don't know what game whoever runs that thing was watching. Um, Samsonov had a terrible game. That was really what it came down to for me. He had a great first period. Uh, after that, he did not look good, and it, it's it happens. It, you know, he's been playing a lot of hockey. He was supposed to be a tandem guy with Matt Murray, and Matt Murray's not really holding up his end of the bargain. So, a lot of pressure on Samsonov, and uh, he's handled it well. That was a tough game for him, though. I, I, we can agree on that. They had a lot of offense from their defense, too. Like, it wasn't the big guys scoring. It wasn't the Pasternak's, uh, Marchands, Bergeron's in that game. It was it was the back end doing a lot for them, and Pavel Zaka had a great game, too. Um, yeah. Really could have used Austin Matthews in that game. That would have been, I think, probably a game changer. He's a game changer. Um, yeah. And yeah. that when he got hurt, I think mostly fans looked at the schedule and the games that he was going to miss. And that was the one we were like, kind of wish he was there for that one. You know, the, the game against Boston before the All-Star break. But it happens. Um, he's hurt. And uh, the Leafs are pretty much cemented where they are going to finish. Like, they're going to finish either second or third in the Atlantic and they will play the Tampa Bay Lightning. So I think most fans at this point are just thinking, get healthy, like be 100% come playoff time. Uh, and that's, that's all we really want out of Austin Matthews at this point. Um, how did this, the Leafs line up without him? So how they line up is they have, uh, obviously Tavares moves up to the top line. So you have him, Marner, and Bunting. And then it was Yarncroke. I believe Kerfoot got the... Or it was Holmberg at one point, but I think Kerfoot ended up in the middle spot with Nylander on the wing and, and, and Yarncroke on the other wing. Uh, and then the pretty much the, the, the third and fourth lines didn't change too much. Wayne Simmons got put into the lineup um, in lieu of Austin Matthews not being there. And that was another thing that I saw a lot of people complaining about Wayne Simmons still being on this team. And it's like... He's like the 13th or 14th forward on this team. People were saying that he was the reason, or a big reason, that the Leafs lost that game. I was like, switching him out for, like, trading for somebody to replace him? 
isn't going to win us that game. Like, Austin Matthews being in the lineup wins us that game. You know? So there was some weird discourse I saw there. Um, it, it was interesting. It, it was interesting. He absolutely pounded. I, I forget who it was. Uh, right after the guy scored, he, like, concussed oh, him. Oh, uh, AJ Green? Greer. Greer. That's AJ Greer guy. Yeah. AJ Greer scores a goal, and then for whatever reason, off of the faceoff, Wayne Simmons just beat the living hell out of him. Like... <laughs> It was it was a mauling. Like it wasn't even a I don't even think the guy landed a shot on, on Simmons. Simmons landed like four or five good ones right in the dome. So Yeah, he dummied him. Um he, Yeah. I think that's just trying to get his team going. And and as much as I think Austin Matthews is a game changer, I still think even with Matthews in the lineup, you guys don't win this game. Um when you have Boston's fourth line, like fourth and third line guys putting in work. Guys who have a combined 12 goals before you take out Zaka. They have a combined 12 goals, those those two other, those three other guys. Yeah. You can't be letting Samsonoff be the primary assist on a Mitch Marner goal and have that be the highlight of the Toronto Maple Leafs going into the trade deadline. I'm sorry, going into the All-Star break, regardless of whether or not Matthews is in there. Matthews maybe maybe scores you maybe scores you a timely goal. Maybe he makes it close. I still think this game ends 5-3, maybe even 5-4 in regulation, um, if, if even if Matthews plays. Well, I, I see where you're coming from. The one thing I do have to say, though, about Austin Matthews is what goes unnoticed a lot is his ability to defend. He's one of the best defensive centers in the league. He stabilizes games, and that was kind of the problem with this game, is it was a lot of run and gun, and they beat us at it. Does and he play against their third? Is he? Would he play? Would he be up against those guys though? I mean, no, theoretically, he's probably different. he's trying to shut down. He's trying to shut down the bigger, you know, the bigger players on Boston. So, yeah. and they weren't they weren't involved anyway. So, yeah, that's fair. They were already and, taken care of. And, and the thing about those, why those guys had a grip, like the, that bottom six for Boston. They like I, like you said, they were they were very good in that game. And do you know who really got cooked? It was the two Swedish defenders for the Leafs. It was Lilgren and Sandine, who have been very, very good up yeah. till this point, right? And then, for whatever reason, like Liljegren before that game hadn't been on for a five v five goal in like weeks. It was it was kind of uncanny, but he got cooked. It was that simple. When you got your top pairing, Morgan Riley, and I, I don't I don't even remember who he was playing with in that game. But when you have him getting cooked by like doing his best to defend the top pairing guys, because he's getting he's eating all those minutes. And then you're putting those two guys, Sandine and Lilligren, in situations that maybe they're not used to right. as well. And it really did it, it showed. It and they stunk. It it's that simple. And like I said, just like Samsonov, you're gonna have those games. They're they're young guys, right? They're not seasoned veterans here they're gonna they're gonna have those games and that's what that's really what it came down to that's why they lost it was Samsonov having a tough game and Lilligren and Sandine got absolutely cooked and that was that was the reason they lost and you're right Austin Matthews probably doesn't fix that well then I'm now I'm thinking maybe play devil's advocate here on myself not to contradict myself here but you know those guys maybe the guys who did shut down the top lines in that game maybe have an opportunity to shut down the guys who did score while Austin Matthews plays that high defensive game against yeah. Boston's top players. Maybe you do get a closer game. Um, That's what I mean. it's a completely but to tie it all, you know, and then to tie it all into like you said, 
ultimately, we do think, and I think we do know, Boston is a better team right now. Boston's the best team in the NHL, and it's not even really close. From goaltending, they got the best defensive defender in the league in Charlie McAvoy. That's my opinion. Uh, They're just, from top to bottom, from first line to fourth line, top pairing to bottom pairing, goaltenders, unbelievable. Like, just, they're scary. And I, it's hard to really bet on anybody else winning winning the Stanley Cup at this point in the season, other than them. I don't. I just don't think anybody can beat them. I, I really don't. You know, especially in a seven game series where they get to play four home games. That's horrifying. They don't lose at home. They barely lost at home. It's it's horrifying. Like that's the word that I keep keeps coming to my head. They have twelve have, losses all year. Sorry. They have twelve losses all year. I know. That- I, <laughs> That's total. That's total. I, yeah. I don't think it matters where they play at this point. You're, you're right. I mean, the home record's gross, but you have 12 losses all year, more than halfway through the season now. Guys, I know regular season play doesn't equal playoff success, but given the veteran guys on this team who have been through a cup run— I'm sorry. Put your money down. I don't know what the I don't know if what FanDuel's got it at or what Bet365's got it at, but if you're looking to put money down, ten bucks will pay you out something for the Bruins to win the cup. I'm telling you that right now. If you could pick any team in the NHL that you know is going to improve their game come playoff time and step it up, it's the Boston Bruins. That's what they've done for a decade now. Right? Their game translate like it's not a it's not a high caliber offense score a ton of goals allow a ton of goals but but okay. score more kind of game they shut it down that's how they play it's scary like for sure anyway that's enough about the Leafs and the Bruins let's get some Habs talk I've been I've been talking way too much here I want to hear your guys's pretty voices so let's go yeah well the Habs uh, only had their last game. Uh, against the Senators on Tuesday, lost 5-4, so it's good for the tank. Um, kind of didn't expect a nine-goal thriller out of an Ottawa-Montreal game. Thought it'd be uh, a pretty shit one. But uh, Raphael Harvey-Pinard got two goals. Hoffman got one. Doc got one. So, you know, it was, it was a meh game. Good for the tank. Yeah, I think overall, I mean, you got a chance to see what some of the, you know, I guess, unknowns on Montreal um, are capable of. Um, but I think you pair that up with some mediocre um, defending and goal and, you know, goaltending um, with Ottawa. Um, and nine goals, I mean, I, I it's funny. I expected it to be a, a high-scoring game, but I kind of expected it to be like a one-sided high-scoring game. Um, I thought this was an opportunity for Ottawa to kind of you know, flex their muscles a little bit. And I mean, at the end, sure, they did at the end of the game um, with that late goal, but uh, power plays, power plays, man. It's it's a discipline thing on both sides. And I think that ultimately what equaled why you saw nine goals. I didn't realize Ottawa's got the third best power play in the league. Like That's, that's kind of shocking. Yeah, it's a little, it's a weird stat. That's a I weird think, one for sure. I think you can thank... Uh, one Claude Giroux for being a oh, big yeah. part of that uh, of that resurgence of their power play. Question: Do they have Shabbat or Sanderson running the quarterback spot on that power play? I believe Shabbat's PP one. Okay, okay. 
I'm sure Sanderson will be PP1 in the future for that team because he looks good. That kid looks really, really good. They have the chance to alternate between the two. Um, and I know I know Shabbat was, I wouldn't say in a slump, but I know he was, you know, I, he was in a slump um, for a little bit. So they might have, you know, they might have uh, switched that around. But I know for, for the majority of, of that game on Tuesday, it was it was Shabbat running the you know quarterback position back there. Yeah, well, that's good to see. They got some firepower too. Uh, Timmy Stutzla has been very good this year, surprisingly good. Um, Twenty-two goals. Yeah, exactly. Really? Uh, yep. Atherton's been scoring goals. Josh Norris, that sucked for them for it to see him go out with. But was it shoulder surgery? Yeah. Tough. One tough. one or two games after being out with that injury already you know it was one of those yeah that's tough um however i'm glad that that kind of you know not not you're not glad that it happened but you're glad that there was uh that there's been some talk around that injury because i think that could be a potential factor when you talk about uh caulfield's injury and you don't want that to be a shoulder issue that lingers and that continues on I think he said that it came out twice, right? Yeah. So I think there was a quote that he said it came out twice. So I want to say it was against Dallas originally and then uh, Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, get that, get that fixed now and, and, you know, and see what's up, but you hope that you hope that once in Ottawa gets their, all of their young guys and like their core healthy and together, um, I think they're just a, you know, a, maybe a top four defenseman, or absolutely a top four defenseman, and maybe another goalkeeper. Goalkeeper, man, my bad. Goalie, uh, not probably in the off season. I don't, I don't see them making the move trade deadline wise, but they're close. I still think they're pretty far off. I think they're they're yeah. on the right path, but Ottawa, especially like Ottawa, yeah, like all the talk over the summer about how they were. They were better than the Leafs. I remember seeing that one a lot. That like, was premature. <laughs> like, really. And I still think yep. there are a lot of pieces away. I think they'll have that top six kind of nailed down. Uh, but the bottom six and probably their bottom four defensemen and goalie all need to get swapped out at some point uh, for them to even be, like, playoff contenders. Yeah. Well, actually, speaking with an Ottawa fan, I won't mention any names, but uh, I didn't even realize this was a thing. They want to fire their head coach. Like, fans want to fire DJ Smith. I did not even think that was a a thing. But apparently that's all the rage on Sen's Twitter. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean, who, see how that helps. But yeah, I mean, like who, are they, who are they bringing in? <laughs> those are the same voices that were saying that firing Keefe was the answer to the Leafs' problems at the beginning of the season. <laughs> you want somebody to take the fall... And you don't have the, you don't really have the heart to admit that maybe your team's just again. I think they're I think they're closer than Gaetano thinks they are, but uh, but you can't. You have to at one point or another as a fan, you know, as the you have to look at the team and go, you're not that good. Yeah, and, and that's okay. It's okay to not be that good. Yeah, I think it's okay to not be good if. The management has the right direction. So, like the Canucks, and they are not good, and management has no idea what they're doing. That's a disaster. Oh yes, 
That is an absolute mess. We've talked about it at length. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. about how much of a mess Vancouver is. Yeah, that that's a mess that's been spanning multiple episodes now to be good, like to be real. Well, for being real, this is like a 9-year mess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a Yeah, large... when was when was 2011 again? Uh... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like when they almost burnt their city down after losing in the final yeah that's what i mean hello that's when you should have known like if you don't get the team on track to like win all the time you're in for a disaster and i mean granted yeah, like, they're not burning the city down every year gotham style but i mean at the same time that's not a good look no that was a tough look then and it's a tough look <laughs> still to this day <laughs> <laughs> yeah like but whenever i see actually a vancouver fan on twitter say anything to anybody that's always what it is is you burnt your city down after losing in the stanley cup final pipe oh, 100%. like you gotta, like <laughs> montreal didn't even fucking riot after we lost the cup final no no like and if, if honestly and I'll, I'll i'll be real here if any fan base was burning a city down for losing a cup final it's montreal I like think they 100%. were just happy to be there. I think they were just happy to be there, regardless of how it turned out. I mean, I think there's a better chance that they would have set fire to things if they had won a cup versus losing. <laughs> You're not That's wrong. You're not fair. wrong. And I, it, what it is, is Vancouver was supposed to be there. I, We've agreed on this before, Gatano. Montreal wasn't supposed to be there. You know what yeah. I mean? They were playing with house money, and fans knew it, Right. In Vancouver, it wasn't the same. That was, you know, they had Luongo, Kessler, they had the Sedins. Like, they were supposed to be there. Burroughs was was really good at that time. It, uh, yeah. It's, uh, that was a weird one, man. And, and did you, I saw an article the other, like, remember when Zidane Chara accused them of, like, doing the Stanley Cup? Yeah, uh, a practice, like, practice passing the Stanley Cup around on TD Garden ice? Yep. I saw that uh, Lucic cor- corroborated that. Okay, but, like, Chara also, like, walked that story back as he was telling it, eh? It was, like, it started as, like, we saw them do it, and then it was, like, someone saw them do it, and then it was someone heard that they did it, and then it was, like, someone was told they did it, and it just, like, he, like, backtracked the entire story. And now you have Kevin Bieksa, who heard the story, and then on Sportsnet basically said, yeah, that's a load of crap. Yeah, I watched that. We're professionals. Why on earth... Would grown men be practicing lifting a trophy? Are you out of your mind? Like you have to be, you have to have some serious insecurity issues to think a team was actually doing that. Not in their barn, in Euro, in the away garden. There's no chance. There's no chance a team is practicing that in TD Garden. No. Yeah. Way. Like the, no the way. most I could think happened is like they're might have been a possibility of a who gets the cup after the captain like that that little chat just like a between maybe like two or three players of like you sure, don't know who got chat until you win i don't i don't think you have that chat until like you win man you know oh, that's what i mean like that that's the yeah. most i could think of them doing you know what i mean like there's no or, way they were like you know had the lineup set of this is the list who gets the cup in this order like i'm like, comparing at it most it was you know that. you can maybe compare it to like you, you guys are have been paying attention to football, I, I would imagine. But you, you compare it to the, the Burrowhead kind of conversation. Yeah. I never heard Joe Burrow. You know, nobody ever really heard. Did anybody actually hear him say that? No. It was all, 
he this is what the talk is around the team and this is what the team says and da 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 and it's like maybe that's all maybe that's all bs maybe that's all just to fluff to get guys going the media team comes up with oh, how could we get the guys going like how could, what's that final spark that we can do give you know whatever i don't know that's tough the nfl it seems that that, that happens all the time is they'll like almost fabricate stuff like that to fire up teams and it works like and and then they they come out and they like my favorite was the Cincinnati I think it was the Cincinnati mayor said it that was wild he also said that he wanted Joe like he was like I hereby order Joe Burrow to take a paternity test to see if he is Patrick Mahomes dad the mayor of Cincinnati said that and then Travis Kelsey ended his career on live television after beating the, the Bengals Ended his career. He literally said, what did he say? Know your shut." He said, quote, shut your mouth and know your role, you jabroni. Yeah. And then fired (laughs) it up with, uh, he's hyped up the crowd, you know, let's get ready to rock, something along those lines. But he he cut a promo. He turned into Dwayne The Rock Johnson and said, (laughs) Shut your mouth and know your role, you jabroni. That's, Damn. yeah. You, you're never winning an election again, sir. Like, ever. No. You are cooked forever. Yeah. I'll tell you that right now, he could, tra- Travis, he could run yes. for mayor of, of yeah. Cincy and win. Yeah. Travis right Kelsey now. needs to take a paternity test to see if he's that guy's dad at this point. Bang. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, we should probably get to the All-Star game here. We, that's that's really the only thing that happened this weekend, so we should talk about it. It was it was awful. Like, both days, Friday and Saturday, were both terrible. I, they were, like, so... Let's start with the skills, Cobb. Let's start with the skills, skill, so, The events barely made sense. Like, the ones that are always there, accuracy shooting and hardest shot, like, obviously those made sense, but... Yeah, fastest skater and, yeah. Exactly, like the ones that are always there. But why are why did we have an event like everybody's favorite stuff, dumping and chasing, watching a goalie flick a puck down the ice, and then the most half-hearted shootout attempt you'll ever see? Like, what was that event? And tr- try and figure out how they scored it. Like, isn't this event for kids? It reminded me of calculus homework in high school. Like, I, I have no idea what they were doing with that. That was the worst event I've ever seen in my life, I think. It was tough. Yeah, that was... The whole the whole thing was was not um, not a good look. You can see the guys on the ice not wanting to be there, and and I I think it was Kaprizov. So I'm not trying to derail talking about just the the skills comp and all that, but like Kaprizov himself, this guy just was showing face, skated around. So there was some dweeb on Twitter who was like, "Ah, oh, Kaprizov was a minus two. I don't care about my plus minuses and a." all-star game let's relax here but he was just there to to be there and i think that that reflects in all of the events that because yeah no that the skills comp was just the surfboards were cool could we have at least gotten some designs on them all this basic ass sorry basic whatever oh you can swear you can swear. oh great okay good i forgot well whatever they're basic ass surfboards and these guys are just I don't know. I, I don't know. It was tough. I, I, One of them didn't even work. One of the surfboards wasn't functioning. Like, 
I don't know. It was awful. And then in that event, like, first of all, you could tell all the guys were absolutely hammered. Like, all of them were drunk. Shesterkin. Shesterkin was doing the event barefoot with with a goalie stick, like, shooting yeah. pucks at surfboards. With a, what was that for? Like, I, Again, I well, know. that's his position, right? So why would they let him use a regular stick? In my eyes, that's more entertaining. Let me see a goalie put on the the forward, you know, face and and rip a puck. I'm sure they can. We've seen it happen. Well, and and Shesterkin's the best puck handler in the league right now, like for a goaltender, right? Why is he not one of the guys shooting the puck in that stupid event that they had first with the like really? You back yeah. you you have a boring event and then you don't even put the guy who's best at doing the boring thing in the event? Like I don't I don't understand the logic there at all. I think they've made these events now. They've turned it from entertainment value to, um, how do I put? They almost want, they want the events to matter so much that they, that they they don't they don't matter anymore, and they're so far from mattering. Um, like you want the guys to score on the breakaway challenge. And that's the point. Like, no, the point is for Patty Kane to put on his Clark Kent glasses and his cape and be a superhero for five seconds. You know what I mean? The point is for Carey Price to turn around and look through the glass to try and save a breakaway. That's the point. These guys are given these challenges that they don't want to be a part of they're not consulted on how they can make the game better and i think that's the biggest issue ask the guys how to make it better yeah they might tell you there's no way to make it better it's garbage and you go okay let's uproot the whole thing but is it making them money so is gary nah but is gary bettman going to change anything even if there's a plus involved doesn't matter what that plus is that small plus means it's going to make money and Look where they have it next year. I know. So you can't I say know. anything bad about it next year because it's going to sell out no matter what. That's exactly, what that's exactly why they did it, right? Because the all-star numbers have been absolutely terrible and dwindling for, for a long time now. And who do you call when, when that's happening in the National Hockey League? You call one of like three teams, four teams, Boston, New York, Montreal, Toronto. You call in the big guns, right? That's yep. what you do. Yep. And that's what they've done. And they're going to find a way to shoot pucks off the CN Tower or something stupid like that. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> but Do you think they get the other Toronto teams involved? Uh, I'm this thinking- is how you grow your game. You get whoever's... Oh, see, this is the tough part. Who is left on the Raptors next year? <laughs> but... Let's let's use, let's use maybe uh, even TFC like you know Insignia is going to be here so you can grow your your soccer community. You know that Vladdy's going to be here so you can grow your baseball community. There's an opportunity here for Toronto to really I don't know, maybe set the next like maybe take that step to change the All-Star game by getting the entire city involved. Yeah. <sighs> Will it happen? Something- Something I'm very excited for is the rest of the league getting really, really upset when all of the core four are in the All-Star game. <laughs> That's going to be exciting stuff to see everybody else's hatred and vitriol for the Toronto Maple Leafs come to fruition. It's going to be awesome. I, I'm very excited for that. Uh, Was there anybody who surprised you? Sorry to cut you off. Was there anybody who surprised you in any of these competitions? Like um, Brock Nelson accuracy shooting was a little bit of a... 
a, a shock for me. Svechnikov too with fastest skater. I know McDavid didn't take I, part. I so had I had my money on McCarr for that one, and he fucking yeah. blew a tire in his first lap. <laughs> Can you imagine being Joe Sakic watching your player like with no helmet on slide into the boards like that? Probably after. Did a you see of- that they? Did you see they had uh, like liner on the boards now, so guys yes. don't slide into the boards? Like I don't know when they started that, but it was too late. Like they should have been doing that from like. 15 years ago big time and i don't know if you guys remember uh last season the carolina hurricanes doing their like post-game celebrations was on nascar night okay so they had two of their players racing around the rink okay one player dove forward to win the race causing the other player behind him to trip inches away from getting a skate to the eye and i'm thinking to myself i'm watching this happen and i went could you imagine i think it was like svechnikov and aho or somebody like that like they were big name players okay and i'm thinking could you imagine rob brendamore anybody watching that go down and have almost could be their best player with an eye injury potentially career ending because you guys wanted to celebrate nascar night I think it's about, you're right, it is about time they got the things on the boards, but I think, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be a traditionalist here, if you're going to race or you're going to be going at high speeds regardless, put your helmet on. I'm Don't do it up. Have it on at least. I think the padding is good, but oh my God, you should have seen, pull, you should pull up that video of this storm surge thing. I got roasted on Carolina Hurricanes Twitter. For being the traditionalists, and they're like, oh, oh let the guys have fun. Oh, no, you, you got lit up. Yeah. I got posted, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, you guys aren't seeing what I'm seeing, which is a, a franchise player potentially losing an eyeball because you guys wanted to NASCAR celebrate NASCAR. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. What a joke. Yeah. <laughs> what a joke. Um, I think the cool oh. thing for me was the I love seeing Ovechkin and Crosby together on the ice um, this whole weekend. Um, yes. That's the last time we're going to see it. I can guarantee you they're not like next year. That's it. You know, I think I think they're both at a stage of their career where that was it. Ovi's already commenting about wanting to have beers with Crosby after retirement. That's where his head's at. This guy wants well, to break the record and get the hell out of the NHL. And I think this, uh, that's the last time you're going to see the two of them share that moment. Um, it was super cool for me. Yeah, well, I, I Ovi, Ovi, Ovi typically uh, has an injury at the All-Star game, and he never plays. So, like, I think this was his one where it was like, you know what? I'm going to go do my stuff with Sid. And then it was also in Florida. Yeah, well, that's that, right. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the last one was in Vegas, and he skipped it, so, like... Fair. Yeah. Ovi doesn't need more money, though. I think he's more of a Florida guy than a Vegas guy, if you know <laughs> what I mean. I think uh, yeah. my, favorite, my favorite Ovi moment, though, from an All-Star game is still, like, outside of that. You guys remember his I want a car moment? Yeah, that's my favorite. Dude. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the favorite well, All-Star memory good. shortly, but that's up there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, seeing that couple goals that they scored on those beautiful passing plays oh in the actual God. game, that was, that was, <laughs> like, put put it in the loof. Like, you know what I mean? That was absolutely also, beautiful. Ovi turning playmaker on both of them, eh? Yeah, did you see like, it? You after? Yeah. It was so funny. It was, it was Weeksy. Kevin Weeks goes up to him and says, Ovi, tell us about the chemistry between you and, uh, between you and Sid. He's like, yeah, you know, Sid work hard, get puck, win battle. 
He passed to me. I passed back to him. And uh, puck and net. <laughs> That's it. That's so easy. <laughs> I love him so much. He's a treasure. He's an absolute treasure. So Sidney Crosby, for that matter. But yeah, yeah. I uh, you're right, Stuarts. I think that is probably at least maybe if it isn't the last, it's one of the last times that we're going to see them be able to embrace each other on that level. And it's awesome to see them doing that because it's been such a heated rivalry for so long. So to see them embrace each other was really, really cool. It's, it was a really, really cool weekend to see, make comments exactly. Like, I want to have a beer with them. We have, we're going to be able to have some beers and have a conversation when we're done retiring. That's something that at one point they hated each other, or at least it felt like that. Yeah. So to see that kind of togetherness between the two of them was awesome. I, I, I agree. That was probably my favorite thing about the weekend, to, sure. to be honest. Anyway, let's get into fill in the blanks and... Uh, all of the other stuff that you have planned there, Gatano. I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so let's go fill in the blanks. We'll uh, start with the All-Star Game stuff. Uh, your favorite All-Star Game or skills comp memory is blank. Andrew, we'll start with you. Start with me. I made notes, gentlemen. Um, <laughs> I went through the archives um, last night. Um, it's hilarious. You can actually pull up like All-Star Game highlights, and they're all they're all mid unfortunately <laughs> you kind of just see that the all-star game just doesn't hit the way um that it used to um guys aren't calling their shot anymore you know with the points and all that um but for me for me um i'm sorry sorry Eve. it's uh it's a hab fan in me but anytime pk suban got to dress up as another player um <laughs> was killer for me him as yager is hilarious um I forgot that he wore Jeff Skinner's Carolina Hurricanes jersey at one of them as well. I think it was when it was in Carolina because the fans went nuts. Um, so that was for me, you know, anytime he got he gets to do that, of course, Ovi's I want to be last, you know, moment is, is great. Um, but I think it's funny. We talk about like the racing and like the, the running around. It's Tim Thomas versus Cam Ward in what was the slowest goalie race of all time. That Tim was Thomas, they, and I, th I, if I'm not mistaken, they wore their helmets. But Tim Thomas blew a tire in the corner where there's no pad. He used his pads to, like, bounce off the boards, okay? And then you just see Cam Ward. He, Cam Ward's, like, using his glove. He's just, like, gliding. They made it around in 18 seconds, boys. You could have gone and made a sandwich and came back in the amount of time it took these guys to get around the ice. But for me, like, that's where the entertainment value is. I want to see who the fastest goalie is in all of his equipment versus – I know who the fastest defenders are. We watch it in-game. We watch Kale McCarr burn past defenders and forwards and game by game. Show me who the fastest goalies are. Show me who the fastest coaches are next year. I want to oh. see Sheldon Keefe. I want to see Sheldon Keefe versus Kyle Dubas wearing Sue Greyhounds jerseys <laughs> racing around the ice next year. Okay? I'm calling it now. I would Dubis, love Dubas, if you're listening, if you're li Kyle Dubas, if you're listening. That's what I want. <laughs> shit, get Shani out there too for that matter. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Marty St. Louis would win it out of all the current coaches and management. It's like he's got to. He's got to take that. Rod, <laughs> Brand Rod Brandamore wins it. Rod that the guy's a unit. 
Yo, he's, he's a, a monster. But he was never the fastest. You know what I mean? Uh, or Ma- Marty had like actual speed. Like Rindmore I feel like had... Rod Endmore, if needed, could honestly suit up and play for his team today, though. Like 100%. that's like he is he's in better shape than half the league. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Anyways, Abe, favorite All Star game and skills comp memories? Uh, all the ones that Stewart's brought up were very good. I'm gonna zero in on the draft. <laughs> that nice. was elite. Getting those guys drunk and drafting each other was the funniest thing that I think I've ever seen specifically at an all-star event. Obviously Ovechkin with the sign was great. That was the best, but my favorite part of that night specifically was Phil Kessel getting drafted last. The only leaf at the all-star game that year getting drafted. It was so funny. Ovi going up to him with his Blackberry and, and snapping pictures of him being the only guy left in the seat. It was just so funny. And, and and he's the perfect guy for it to happen to. He took it in stride. He took it like a champ. It was awesome. But yeah, that was that's my favorite. And that's that's when the All-Star game was at least a little bit fun that year. The draft was awesome. We've talked about it at length, Catano and I. The draft needs to come back. Yeah, that's, 100%. That, that's how they should do it. Because it doesn't matter anyway. Like, why separate the guys into divisions? Nobody cares about who's playing who or what's happening. Just do something to make it fun. Do a draft. Bring back the draft. And also, not every team needs representation. We've talked, again, about that a lot. We'll get there in a minute, Dave. Don't worry. Okay. 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 What's your favorite moment, Gitano? Uh, So my favorite moment's got to be Ovechkin, his, I think it was the breakaway challenge or whatever, uh, the skills competition in Montreal where he put on the cowboy hat with the Canadian flags, had fucking Gino Malkin feeding him Gatorade, uh, <laughs> and went with two sticks. And he was just, he was sauced. There was no way he could pass a fucking breathalyzer test at that point. Uh, but it was just hilarious, and he loved it, and the crowd in Montreal ate it up. And, like, that was one of the, my first, like, my first All-Star Game memories, and it's just stuck there. Like, it was just so, so, so good. Yeah. I, 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 I'm here for that. All right, so Ave, uh, I'll give you the floor for this one because I think we all kind of agree. Changes you'd make to the All-Star game and skills comp. So changes to the skills comp, other than the, the events that people actually care about, which is hardest shot, fastest skater, and accuracy shooting. I think those are the three staples. Yeah. Um, those should remain. Other than that, similar to what Andrew was saying, have them do things that have nothing to do with the sport of hockey. Because that's entertaining. All of this, like, we don't need a dump and chase event. That was, I, I can't get over that. Like, I can't get over a dump and chase skills comp event. Like that The is most ridiculous. boring play in hockey. Let's make that a competition. What? I just, I can't believe that was even a thing. Like, a rim around the boards and then a goalie clearing the puck. And then a breakaway attempt in which neither the goalie or the player care. Like, it's just so dumb. I, I, I don't know. So, yeah, make it everything that doesn't... Like, exactly. I want to see general managers skating up against each other. I want to see goalies in full equipment doing fastest skater. I want to see curling with a puck or something. I love the golf event. I saw a lot of people did not enjoy that golf event. I think it's just because I enjoy golf. I enjoy yeah. watching golf. But I enjoyed that. And the whole time well, I was they, just They thinking, only played one hole, right? One hole. One hole. Yeah. That's it. Definitely could have, like, if they would have made that, like, two or three holes and, like, had some other, like, obstacles and fun shit for them to, like, 
deal with and, get the mascots out there fucking around with them while they're golfing. Yeah, something like that. So I, the whole time watching it myself, I I was just thinking I really want to do that. Like that looks like a lot of fun. Like that's what I was thinking the whole time is is I would love to take part in that event. Right. Um, but yeah, it, and it was specific to Florida too because it's the middle of February. It's one of the only places you can golf in in North America is Florida. So I get it. The dunk tank was cool. I didn't mind that one either. But yes, the big changes I would make are definitely not every team needs representation. There is absolutely no reason that Clayton Keller should have been at the All Star game. What is he now? Like a five time All Star because Arizona sucks and has this whole time there. And he's the best player, even though he's not like he's not a top 50 player in the National Hockey League. We can agree on that. Clayton Keller. Agreed. But. He's there every year. Well, it's his last All-Star game, no? What do you mean? Well, isn't Connor Bedard going to Arizona? So wouldn't Connor Bedard be their next All-Star for the next 15 years? Okay, I see. I see. I see your angle. I see your angle. (laughs) And, and yes, that is the other change I would make is to bring back the draft. The draft was elite. That was, yeah. that made like, that, uh, go ahead. Oh, so just un- unless you're going to put stakes on the division or conference winning it, like home ice advantage or something like that, there's no point of having them split. I would do, I, I don't mind the three on three format. It's grown on me for the all-star game. So do a captain from each division. So it's, you know, you get your representation there. And then just let them draft their teams. Yeah, I think that would be way more fun. And then we'll, we get to see things like maybe Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby on a team. You know? And not that they're going to be trying very hard. It's the All-Star game. Nobody tries. Nobody wants to get hurt. I get it. But that might be fun to see. Who knows? It was great to see, like we talked about, it was great to see Ovechkin and Crosby on the same team. Right? So maybe you get interesting stuff like that. So, And the actual draft is fun to watch. Like, it was enjoyable to see who goes last, to see who goes first, to see who the captains are going to pick, you know? It, it, there it was, was cool. a trade at one of them, too. There you go. Exactly. Uh, it was uh, Phil Kessel for Tyler Sagan again. <laughs> That's funny. Poor guy. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, anyways, Andrew, any changes you would make to the All-Star game that Avery um, hasn't kind of already touched on? I think one... There are... Yeah, there are three, um, and they're not necessarily solutions, but they're starting points. Um, make it matter. You have to make the game matter, and you touched upon it. You know um, whether the winner of the games, the you know they are get the home. You know points don't matter. Take the point system out of the NHL in the set, not the system, but take the stipulation of you have the most points, you get home advantage in the playoffs to using it in the All-Star game to make it matter. That will then motivate the players to then try and to then give, you know, their all in the game, which then kind of helps grow your product because you're forcing, you're almost forcing it to, you're, you're making it matter. And now with the, you know, we can see how much money these teams are making and how much money the NHL is making. I think a big thing that they can start to do is use the money. You have an opportunity to do multiple events. You know, Abe, you mentioned they only shot one hole in the golf challenge. I think it would be cool to watch them do, like Itano said, three holes. You don't have to make it its own thing. Nowadays, with the way people's attention spans are and all of that, 
use your replay system or use your technology to show me halfway through, you know, have the little game in the corner and oh, there's there's Suzuki taking his taking the tee off the second hole and now we're back to the All-Star game. Have things happening at the same time to give your fans a variety of events to go to throughout the weekend, throughout the event like the experience. Don't limit it one at a time, structure it by minute by minute and and almost forcing people to decide like, "Oh, I'm going to spend two hours watching them play golf and then we can't make it to this event in time at the arena. So we'll just have to sacrifice. No, don't let the fan give the fans more opportunity to enjoy different events. And I think speaking of the fans, that's the third thing, get the fans involved. I think what you can do really impressively with this draft is half the players there are chosen by the league. They're either the, top point getters at that point which i think matters if you're the best player on your team points wise or let's say you are the mvp like maybe have a way to get the players to decide who their most valuable players are and that's half the roster the other half are those players that the fans want to see there the john scotts the uh, i can't even think of another one because i really i, I don't really care who's there because the product there is there you go right sure like I want to see, I want to see different players there, um, and I think giving the fans an opportunity to maybe get involved in that also gives them incentive to watch your product. If I know that the fan that, or the player that I voted for is going to be there, cool. Yeah. Like, or or give an opportunity to maybe say like, <laughs> yeah, we vote, we vote um, Matt Murray to go, but we vote for him to go as a forward. So he has yeah, to play. To, he has to play shot or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or he has. Yeah. He doesn't do the goalie competitions. He's he's forced to play. The you know what I mean? Like if you're gonna choose a direction, you have to choose a direction. Whether you make it matter in a serious sense, or you make it matter by giving the fans an actual enjoyable product and experience by getting them involved. Because if you're going to make it matter, obviously you're not going to have guys like Matt Murray playing forward for the Atlantic Division or for the East. Sorry, you're going to have your your Sidney Crosby's and your your Patrice Bergeron's and all that in the your Austin Matthews playing for the East, hard for the East because you want the Eastern Conference team to have home field advantage or home ice advantage in the finals. Because that's all you're asking for. You're not change. You're not trying to change the whole playoff format for home ice because you can't. East plays East, West plays West until you get to the final. And then who cares? I think that's, I think that makes your product more exciting too, because now you have, again, do the Boston Bruins get to play four games at home? Potentially, maybe not. Yeah. What are your thoughts on maybe here? Just one, just piggybacking off that a second. What would your thoughts be on a neutral site Stanley cup final? No, no. Like they do the Super Bowl. No. No. Uh, like a one a one off game is totally different from like a seven game series. Okay, I, I I can agree with that. I just it it might be interesting. Um, it's also a good way for the league to 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 like grow revenue and and kind of infiltrate different markets, maybe underserved markets. Like we're not, I'm not talking Arizona here in a five thousand person barn, but like you know maybe attendance is down in Dallas. Give Dallas a you know give Dallas a a Stanley Cup final, similar yeah. to the way. 
I don't know if I if I'm actually here for it. I just thought of it when you were talking about changing up the format of how we decide who gets home ice in the final. And I was right, like, hmm, right. wonder what wonder if a neutral site would ever be something that they would consider. But I think, I think you're right. It's a good idea. I think NHL I think, fans are too passionate about their home, like their fan base. And I think if the Dallas Stars were to be the host arena and the Montreal Canadiens, that's maybe a bad example, but uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are making the final against the Florida Panthers, right? And they're playing in Dallas. Yeah. That arena is going to look like you wanted to play in Arizona's current stadium because 5,000 people are going to want to be there. Fair uh, I I think the Super Bowl is a unique experience because, like Itano said, it's a one game. It's a one-off. Yeah. Um, and- interesting thought, though. I mean, like you say, it's an opportunity to help grow markets that might be struggling financially. Um, you could maybe see it if the NHL dropped the cap, like, entirely, and you started to go what you see in, like, Europe where you see in soccer, right? Where you see the teams yeah. that are rich, they can spend the money, be good. The teams that are bad, be bad. Let's figure it out, make, make money, do whatever, right? Like yeah. Toronto would be a juggernaut. If that oh was yeah, the case. Toronto Maple Yankees. I always say if there was no salary cap, it would be the Toronto Maple Yankees, Toronto Lakers, whatever you want to say. It's That's what we would be. We would spend like hundreds of millions of dollars on players a year. It's because we can't. I, I just want to go to the, the neutral site cup final. How would you feel as a Leafs fan? You guys make your first cup final in however many years and the game's in Columbus. Oh, no, I completely understand. Like that's... It's, 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 I, that's who you're underserving, right? Like that would be who, who would not, who, who would be kind of paying for, for the benefit that would come. That's who would be paying is, is the teams who actually make the final. And I don't know if that's something that you want to do to those teams. I understand that. The other reason I think that the Super Bowl, it works with the Super Bowl is because it's such a massive phenomena. Like it doesn't matter who's playing in the game or where it is. It's going to sell out. That's just the way it is. Well, it's the Super, the Super Bowl. The, the, the game itself almost doesn't matter. Exactly. Almost. Exactly. Some people and I think, watch it for the commercials rather than the football. So that just goes to show like you exactly. what kind of event it is, man. Right? I, like, I, just, I, I think the, the, the hockey played in the Stanley Cup final is more important than the spectacle of the final. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's another reason it probably wouldn't work. Anyway, do we have any more fill-in-the-blanks? That would be uh, where the NFL, sorry, that would be where the NFL differs being, like you said, a product of the sport. Versus a product as a brand. Exactly. And the NFL is really good at marketing their product. The product okay. being the Super Bowl as an entity, as a whole. Versus yeah. where playoff, there's nothing better. I don't want to hear it. Nobody can argue this. There is nothing better than playoff hockey. Nothing. Nothing. No. From round it's one so intense, to man. final, there is nothing better than playoff hockey in any sport. In any sport. Fight me on I it. Agree. I will fight you. I don't win many fights, but I'll fight you. <laughs> I, I think I think this is the you're not having a fight in here because I'm pretty sure we. Uh, no, this is a safe yeah. space. <laughs> yeah, this is a safe space. We completely agree with you. We've talked about in like the past couple years too. The playoffs have been, oh my god, like they've been so good lately. The NHL playoffs have been so so good for the past oh, yeah. few years. Like just so intense and 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 it doesn't even matter who's playing. You're always locked in because it's just so intense all the time. I love it. I love it. Anyway, good time. 
Anyway, so our last fill in the blank, we're going to kind of shift gears here to the trade deadline. And it's about three and a half, four weeks away. Uh, so what are your early predictions for the biggest move at the trade deadline? Let you go, Andrew. Oh, I was going to actually, you know what? I'm going to toss it over to guy Tano first. I want to hear this guy's thoughts first. I feel like I've given my initial thought and Abe's given his initial thought. It's time to get guy Tano's initial thought. So my first thought, uh, kind of sticking halves a little bit, uh, one or both of Edmondson and Savard are going to get traded out of Montreal. Um, and then the other big one is I think the Leafs will do basically nothing. Ooh. I think they, me and Abe have kind of talked about this a lot uh, over the last few weeks, maybe month, that the Leafs are kind of like solid all the way through. There's, you know, I, I mentioned uh, like that when the Habs are on their cup, cup final run that they like brought in a couple extra defensemen. I know you already have like Timmons and kind of other guys as your sixth, seventh, eighth defenseman. Your depth forwards are kind of already there. I don't think you have a lot to bring in there. So I think the Leafs will do nothing. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I'll rebuttal that. I don't know. I I think nothing is is a strong word. I really do. And I think it's a strong word to use with a general manager who doesn't have a contract right now. Right? That's something for if he did nothing, I I I don't think that would be good for him. I think he needs to understand that you got to win at least a round or you're probably not getting re-signed as as general manager here. Even though We've finished top five in the leagues pretty much since after his first couple of years as general manager. Since I think it's since 2018, we've been top five in the league every year. So it's nothing against his ability, but something's got to give. If you can't win a playoff round, everybody knows something's got to give. And I think he understands this is go time. Like it's it's go time. He's going. He's been putting calls in on on that McCabe kid out of uh, out of Chicago, who's got years left and and hopefully some salary will get retained in that one but yeah i, I was gonna say that's a that's a two-year four million dollar contract so yeah we're... well dude jake muzzin's salary needs to be used somewhere right like that's gotta happen uh i honestly think they'll probably i'm i'm guessing middle six forward a guy like maybe travis Konechny. um I, I would love to see travis Konechny in a leafs uniform to be honest with you i think timo meyer's a little bit of a reach although i would love to see it I think it's a little bit of a reach just because there's other teams that are going to be looking for him that are going to be able to pay more. And it's really, that's what it comes down to. Uh, I think they'd like to have him for sure, but I don't think it's doable. And I also, I don't know if a defenseman is necessary just because they've shown how good the defensive depth is uh, with Timmons and, and even if you still want to consider them depth pieces, you know, Sandine and Lilia Grin have been very, very good. Like they've really taken a stride this year, and and that's kind of alleviated the pressure on needing a defenseman at, at deadlines and things like that. Justin Hole's been very good. Giordano, as a 39-year-old, has been unbelievable, and he plays for next to nothing contract-wise. So that's that's huge. Connor Timmins has been very, very good, um, and and there's other guys too. Jordy Ben has has been good in the past. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be looking to add a defenseman. If they do, it's not going to be one they're going to pay a lot for. 
it'll be somebody who can rotate in to that bottom pairing, I would say. You're not going to be doing anything to fix your top four because you don't need to fix your top four, especially when TJ Brody gets healthy. Um, but I do think they need to add a middle six scoring winger. That's that's really what their priority should be, in my opinion. Goals, goals, and more goals should be their priority. Maybe, no, I, w- I was going to say maybe somebody, because you don't trust Matt Murray, so maybe somebody that you can trust behind Samsonov at this point. But yeah, I trust Joseph Wool behind him, who's been putting up stellar numbers in the AHL with the Marlies. I believe he's 9-1-0 and with close to a 9-3 save percentage in the A. So I'm happy to have him backing up Samsonov for the for, for the foreseeable future. And then you got Eric Sheldon too, if you need him. So uh, I think the middle six is what they're going to focus on when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think you guys have nailed it as far as Leafs and Habs. Um, I think the Habs will find a way to blow it up in some way, shape, or form. Joel Edmondson will go... Um, Funny that you know you maybe maybe am I jumping the gun by giving a prediction or am I? No, you go ahead. All right, great. Um, I think Joel Edmondson ends up at Toronto Maple Leaf, um, and I know that sounds crazy, um, but we've seen it before. We saw the Placanets trade to Toronto. Um, we know they have a history with guys like Mete, guys like Jordy Ben, and that would also give you. Um, familiarity and stability in your back end with guys who are familiar playing with each other when everyone's healthy. Um, mm-hmm. And that's my, like, as far as those two teams go, that was one thing that I'm keeping an eye on. I think it would be really, it wouldn't hurt them. I mean, he comes at a slightly lower cap hit than than McCabe. So maybe you give you get an opportunity to use a little bit more money somewhere else. I think it's only like 3.5 and he's only got a year left. So that's a true rental with probably not having to give up too, too much unless Montreal is trying to look for that, like, again, that big fleece like they pulled with Florida, where if they're dangling a first round pick for Edmondson, I'm sorry, you're not getting it. But maybe you find a way to make something work with a team that, you know, needs help as well. Um, You're not a threat to them this year. They're not meeting up in the bubble anymore. You know what I mean? So why not? Um, I think around the league, I think Timo Meyer ends up with the New York Rangers. Um, I think this guy is um, a piece that the Rangers, like that, that helps them. I don't actually know where the Rangers are in the standings right now. That's really awful of me to like pull up research if maybe Gaetano's got a computer there right in front of him. Not that they I'm not. They are 10th but... in the league. Okay, so they're the division right now. third in the division. Okay, so they're probably dead. So, I mean, that would help them kind of solidify their hopes to be, uh, you know, a a contender for sure for the Cup. Um, Depending on what St. Louis decides to do, I wouldn't be surprised if Dubis calls about a guy like Barbashev. Um, I think that could be a really nice kind of slot to solidify those bottom roles or at least help move guys into their proper role and what i mean by that is i don't think yal Kron- or y- yali Kron- uh, yarn croak cali cali pally freaking guy i don't think he's a second line player right? no that's he's that's the middle play, six and he's having to play second line minutes the majority of the time lately to regard like with injuries and all that so hey you get him healthy and you get a guy like a barbashev in there um or i mean he can't he's a he, I don't think Dubis looks at adding a veteran 
I think if you asked him face to face what one trade he regrets in his whole tenure as a Maple Leaf, and it's the Nick Felino move. Um, not because of the injury, but I think he just overestimated the kind of player that he was. And I think he won't, that's why he won't go after veterans like, uh, like a Nyquist, um, or a Bugstad, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's going to get guys like that. Um, although if you do look at Nick Bugstad's contract, he's only making like 900 K this year and he's a UFA. So if you're just looking as like tossing guys to try and fill roles in case you need them great i think the leafs also have to look at making who can you get at the trade deadline or what moves can you make to beat tampa that's the move right we know who they're playing in the first round the nhl playoff format is trash sorry it's garbage i don't want to know that the leafs are playing the the lightning in in december I don't want to know that, but that's been the talk for what seems like months now. And mm-hmm. if that's the talk and that's what you know is going to happen, how do you beat Tampa? Because like Avery said, if if Dubas doesn't win around, he's gone. I think Keefe's probably gone. I think you're going to see a big overhaul. In, in I don't think that's the right move, but I think you're going to see a big overhaul. And... And I wouldn't be surprised if Dubis realizes that and goes, you know what? I've got to put that first round pick on the line. Or you know what? That's the what Nick I'm saying. Rob- or you know what? The Nick Robertson experience is not working out. Maybe it'll work somewhere else. And you have to try and make something happen. I think like a Timo Meyer to Toronto is unrealistic um, and unnecessary. I think a um, like a Gosta Spear or um, that Jacob uh, Chikrin kid from Arizona who, for fun fact, I thought was way older than he was. That kid is 24 years old, and I feel like he's been in the league for, like, literally a million Forever? years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was doing my I was I was doing an internship with the hockey news, like writing down all these like stats for all these players. And when I found out he was 24, I had to look it up like six different times on six different websites to confirm. I was like, there's no way. That's a typo. This guy's 34 years old. He's ancient. Whatever. No. He's 24. Well, he's, he's gonna be around. He's gonna be around for yeah, he'll he'll be around for a while. But I think those names are unrealistic. Um I even think McCabe is a stretch just given his um uh given his age and what you know what he's probably going to look at as far as the next contract goes in a few years um yeah i mean that's a really long-winded um what do you think is going to happen um i think a lot can happen um i think meyer ends up a ranger i think the leafs end up with like a joel edmondson or um a barbashev type of player and if i see josh anderson sean monahan uh, Drew in or who else? Anybody Armia, else on that house? Hoffman. Armia, like, just get them all. Just ship them off for what you can get. Because at this point, the frustrating thing for me at these trade deadlines has always been for back-to-back years, at least as a Habs fan. Last year, we should have done what we did this year, which is suck enough to draft in the middle. This year, we should have sucked bad enough to draft really high granted like you said we have the florida pick there's a chance that we can still get bedard i think there's a big conspiracy involved with bedard 
I don't know if we have time for it, but I don't think he goes to any small market like everyone's saying. I don't think Batman wants him to go to Chicago because of he's mad at them for all that garbage. I think Bedard genuinely could end up a Montreal Canadian only because of that conspiracy theory. He wants the guy to play in a market where he's seen all the time, he's beloved all the time, and he makes money. Vancouver. Would be crazy, but I think any player who wants to play in Vancouver right now is a moron. Yeah, you are to get from there. It's like I the also, John Barnes to Toronto thing. I also don't think um, Gaetano is far off with his prediction last episode for you guys. I do think there's a possibility that Horvat gets flipped. I don't like that, but I think there's an opportunity for that to happen, especially because Lamorello is in the same po- uh, position as Dubis. I don't think he has a contract next year. And that guy's like 80 years old. He doesn't care. <laughs> exactly. So, what, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's not out to make friends. So, you see how miserable Horvat looked in that jersey? He looked he looked like he'd rather be on a fishing boat than wearing that fisherman jersey on the weekend. Get him, he doesn't want to be there. The only way I don't see it happen is if the player says, bro, I'm not moving twice. I'm not doing this garbage. Yeah. Fair right. enough. But I don't know what sort of push and pull you have on a brand new team that just, you know what I mean? I don't know how those work. Yeah. Yeah. Quickly, just quickly, Patrick Kane. Stays in Chicago. Stays in Chicago. You think? Yeah. Or ends up in Buffalo. That would be cool because he's from there, isn't he? That would be cool. He's from Buffalo. That would be cool. That would be cool. But I don't think they are good enough to warrant that yet. They've, they're good. Like, I'm very surprised with how good Buffalo's been this year, but I don't think they're good enough to warrant that kind of trade yet. How, in, the, in, the, in the summer. In the summer, he'll end up moving. But I don't think at this deadline he moves. Uh, Chicago's just dumb, eh? Like, they just, yeah. they, they won't trade him just because they, they're dumb. Yeah. Anyway, well, you it's think they, 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 they started a rebuild by trading Doc and Debrinkit. <laughs> yeah, that was absolutely insane. I still have no idea what they were thinking <laughs> on that one. Like, the breakout's a young, very, very good goal scorer. scorer. Like, I don't, I don't understand what their thought process was moving him. Or Doc, for that matter, either. Like, Doc's been really good for Montreal, has he not? Yeah. 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 Numbers are right. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. What? Why are you giving up on a young guy like that in a rebuild? Like, I just, that's what you're looking for. That's what you should be eyeing out <laughs> and bringing in. Anyway. Yeah. That didn't make a lot of sense. That's a conversation for another day. Uh, we have pushed this episode to its absolute limit. Dave's going to be mad at us, Catano. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Michael, we got Stewart's on the show. Fuck it. Blame it on the new guy. Blame it on no, the no, new we'll, guy. We'll, we'll, we'll take the blame, but... Yeah. Wow. Anyway, anything else that anybody wanted to get off their chest? We usually do... Uh, we'll go Leafs and Habs schedules, so I'll pull that we up have, right now. Next game is Saturday. Oh, we got a Saturday matinee against the Islanders in Montreal. Like uh, and then on Sunday against the Oilers. I like it. I like it. They're, uh, the Leafs play a home-at-home home with the Blue Jackets Friday, Saturday in Columbus on Friday night in Toronto on Saturday night, both games at 7 p.m. And uh, we'll we'll have a podcast the next day. So that is the only those are the only two games that the Leafs will be participating in before our next show. Lovely. Uh, Andrew, the floor is yours. Tell the people where to find you. 
Well, you can find me um, and my my work at uh, untappednorth.com. Um, again, that's untappednorth.com. Um, you can find me at my personal name, uh, at Andrew Stewitz on Instagram. And uh, I think it's like at Stewitz A on Twitter. I can't. I, one of those. Um, you can find me, S-T-U-E-T-Z. That's how you spell it. Um yeah, I just, um, it's funny, Eve had mentioned about, you know, uh, Giordano, um, check out the website, wrote a piece about how he's part of that trio of MVPs for the Leafs going into the, uh, you know, almost pushing the two-thirds mark of the season already. Um, and you can check out a recent work where I managed to find a comparison between Josh Morrissey and uh, throwback Jets defender Dustin Bufflin. Wow. I'll have to take a gander at that one. Take That's a gander at that one and look at some of these videos. They have very similar wrist shots. You'll never compare the hits, of course, um, but they're. Uh, it's an interesting. It's a, it's a good read. I would definitely not to toot my own horn. Read. Definitely recommend checking that out. I will. Absolutely. And we will. We will leave all your links in the description on the YouTube video, and we'll tweet you guys them out are the best. so everyone will find you there. You guys are the Thank best. Thank you for joining us, Andrew. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Andrew. We appreciate it. We didn't know what the hell we were going to talk about this week due to the lack of actual NHL hockey and how terrible the All-Star game was. So we appreciate you coming on and filling some airtime. Great stuff. Thank you again. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, if you don't mind, go give us a like, click, subscribe. We got YouTube, uh, Instagram, Twitter. I started a new Twitter account uh, for the Leafs side of Bitter Rivals. Catano seems to have taken over the old Twitter account with Montreal. <laughs> So I have started a new Twitter account at BRP Maple Leafs. Uh, that's where you'll find all of my terrible opinions. Uh, <laughs> other than that, you can find this. You can find the show uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, and on all TGEM networks, the Game Entertainment and Media. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next week for episode 84. Thank you again, Andrew, for uh, being here. We appreciate it, and uh, thank you again. Talk to you later.